0: because we're beginning a new series and a very important series on spiritual warfare. And I'm calling this the Armor of God. And uh, every one of our series are important, but this one is especially important because it deals with a subject that a lot of people misunderstand. A lot of pastors never even touch on this. They wanna stay away from it because it makes them uncomfortable. And um, I'm not trying to put them down, just discussing the truth. And what I want to talk about is how we effectively resist the powers of darkness without becoming obsessed with the powers of darkness. And uh, there's a reason I say that. Years ago, I went to go do a meeting in a Western state. Pastor picked me up from the airport. And from the very moment that we got in the car, he started talking about demons. I was with him for three days. The whole three day period, he talked to me about demons. He was obsessed with demons. And so I do believe in spiritual warfare, but I don't believe in going overboard. And so I wanna present what I believe is a very, very balanced approach to this truth. And we're gonna go ahead and jump right into it from the book of Ephesians chapter six, verse 10, New King James Version, which says, finally, my brethren be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. It is not enough to have a will to resist the devil. You can have a will that uh, leaves you without strength, even though you may have the will, that doesn't necessarily mean you have strength. So the scripture says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I remember when I was sophomore in high school, we were playing uh, another school in football and there was a guy across the line from me who had been getting the best of me all night long. And I just got tired of it. And finally, just before the snap of the ball one time, I looked across at him and said, I'm gonna kill you. And uh, of course I didn't mean that literally, but I, I was hoping that maybe that would discourage him a little bit. It didn't. He continually whooped to, 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 continued to whip my tail all night long and there wasn't anything I could do about it. I absolutely hated it. I felt powerless. I thought maybe if I could just muster the willpower that somehow I would suddenly be able to rise to the occasion. And I I heard an expression a few years ago and I've never forgotten it. You never really rise to the occasion, but you do fall to the level of your preparation. And uh, that's a very important statement to remember. You don't rise to the occasion, you fall to the level of your preparation. The reason that David was able to kill Goliath is because he was prepared to kill Goliath. And he tells you that in the first part of the chapter, how he went after a lion, went after a bear, killed them both, and he was thoroughly prepared to kill the giant. So I got into a weight program after that, started lifting weights, and this was in a period when a lot of high school football players were not lifting weights, not like they do today. Just almost every high school has a great weight program today, but some better than others, but. Anyway, I jumped into it with both feet, and it made a huge difference in my body. Uh, I went back to visit this high school I had moved from, where I've been a football player, and the best football player on the team, year older than me, been a four-year starter, sees me walking across the lawn, grabs me, he's going to throw me on the ground, sit on me, and I take him, throw him on the ground, sit on him, and the reason was because I was able I had a will to do it before, but couldn't do anything about it. But now all of a sudden, I've got an ability. That's exactly what Paul is telling us here in Ephesians chapter 6. He said, not only should you have the will, but you must have the ability. So let's look at this. Jesus shows us a priority here. And uh, in Luke's gospel, chapter 2, Uh, His mother and dad had been looking for him. They finally found him at the temple, and he said to them, Why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? Uh, Then I want to skip down to Luke's Gospel, chapter 3, verses 21-22. When all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. And while he prayed, the heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven, which said, you are my beloved son in you. I am well pleased. Now, why did I read that? It is because when Paul begins this teaching on how we deal with the devil, he says this, finally my brethren be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Now in other words he said now that I have established for you how to have a strong relationship with God and that's what he does in the first several chapters of Ephesians. He talks about our relationship with the Father, our relationship in Christ, where we have been seated in the heavenly places, what God has done to make us righteous. He goes on and on and on about this. He doesn't even begin to talk about our relationship with other people till we get into Ephesians 4. He goes into more detail in Ephesians chapter 5. And then when we come to the subject of demons and evil spirits and spiritual warfare, it's at the end of the book, and he's telling us that there is a priority in how we learn spiritual truth. You don't begin with studying the power of the devil. In fact, the whole of the Old Testament, all of it, is very scant in its description of how we deal with the devil, and there's a reason for that because men did not have that kind of authority in the Old Testament. So you don't see any prophet telling you to resist the devil or take authority over the devil. You don't see that. That was something that Jesus shocked the world with. They marveled at him because he had authority to cast out unclean spirits, but it was because he first had a proper relationship with God, a solid relationship with God. And that's why it's so important that you begin the way that Jesus did. He had a healthy relationship with God. He had great confidence in his relationship with God. And that's why I read those scriptures. now. It is important then to understand that that is the fountain from which all of our authority flows from. You take away that relationship with God, you do not have the strength. It, the, the strength comes from your closeness with the Father. Now, now that we have read these verses in Matthew 2 and 3, where Christ is talking about relationship with his Father, the scriptures talk about his relationship with the Father, listen to Luke chapter 4, verse 1. Then Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. And in those days, he ate nothing. And afterward, when they had ended, he was hungry. And the devil said to him, if you are the son of God, command this stone to become bread. So he got tempted after 40 days of fasting and he was in a very weakened state. You know, Jesus was so close with God that he could not have been tempted like this had he not come apart, isolated himself. And this ought to tell you something, that isolation is one of the great tools of the enemy. Now, in this instance, the Holy Spirit led Jesus to become isolated so that Satan could get a shot at him. Jesus was so in tune with God the Father that had he not become weakened with 40 days of fasting, Satan wouldn't have had a fair shot at tempting him. He couldn't have done it. But Jesus was weakened in this place. And it shows me that you need to avoid isolation. The scripture teaches us that, uh, that our brothers in the world are tempted in the same way that we are. And one of Satan's great tools is to isolate you and make you think that you're the only person who's ever gone through what it is you're going through. Now let's keep reading. Uh, The Bible said, the devil said, if you are the son of God, command the stone to be made bread. Jesus entered him saying, it's written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Then the devil takes him up to a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. The devil said to him, all this authority I will give you and their glory for this has been delivered to me. And Adam gave it to him and I give it to whomsoever I wish. Therefore, if you will worship me, all will be yours And Jesus answered and said to him, Get behind me, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Then he brought him to Jerusalem, set him on a pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it's written, He shall give his angels charge over you to keep you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone." And Jesus answered and said to him, it has been said, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Now, when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. Uh, three levels of temptation here, three classes, in all temptation can be put in these three, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the mind, and uh, the pride of life. All of these things are in this temptation, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life, that's what it is. So uh, that's how we're tempted. We're tempted with one of those three things the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, or the pride of life. That's how Christ was tempted. Every category of temptation, every kind of temptation can be put under one of those three. Christ was tempted in all three and he successfully resisted. But how did he do it? He had strength before he got into the battle. And that's the key. You must prepare yourself ahead of time if you are going to resist the devil. A lot of people try to resist the devil without any strength. They have not prepared. Smith Wigglesworth said this. And it's a wonderful statement. If you wait to get faith till you need it, you have waited too long. And that's why it's so important that you prepare ahead of time. I never after that moment on that football field my sophomore year. Never again did I ever tell a kid, I'm going to kill you. I never said that again, never said it a single time. I didn't have to, I just did it. And the reason I did it is because I was almost always, and in every case, a couple of exceptions, but in just about every case, I was stronger than the guy across from me. And even when I wasn't, I have mixed it up with them and I want to share and they want to share, but I never got dominated again. And the reason was the preparation that I went through in the off season. I made myself stronger so I could do better. And that's what you've got to do. And that's what we do in uh, our spiritual activity. We build ourselves up. Well, it's all the time I have for today, but we'll pick up here tomorrow and we'll talk more about how you can prepare to be strong in the Lord. See you then. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Ratings and reviews help us reach more people, so take a moment to leave a review on your podcast app and consider sharing an episode with a friend or family member that needs to be built up and encouraged in the Lord today. Thank you for listening.